Hi, I'm Kenny Drucker, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall I'm Mystic Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. Yes. What a weekend. What a performance. What a win. We're not going to get too carried away. But, frankly, it's not just a case of if we're going to avoid relegation. It's, can we finish eighth? Is seventh still in our grasp? Michael, you were warned before we even hit record on this episode to not take it too far. And immediately within the opening seconds you have. But who cares? Let's get carried away. We're going to win the league. We are. (laughs) See, everyone kept talking that yesterday was a six-pointer. But yeah, I checked the table afterwards and those bastards out in the West only gave us three. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But but what a day yesterday was. It it, it actually revitalised a lot of fans, I think. I, I was going to have this as our burning question of, of the show. Is the feel-good factor back? And when did we last have it? It's been yeah, a while. Felt like, that. felt like that yesterday. Felt like there was a bit more of a kind of atmosphere at the ground. Um, bit of that feel-good thing. And it's been a long time. Just on that, before we do anything else, atmosphere at the ground yesterday was one of the best I've experienced at Bayview. 858 um, official attendants. Lots of the young lads turning out from the community club as well. Wonderful to see. I think there was 300 between parents and kids there. They made a lot of noise. I mean, Dumbarton's um, fans brought like a drum and they were trying to sing. Then the, the young guys got behind them. The Bayview boys were making their usual racket as well. Brilliant. I, I, I hope that, that that sort of atmosphere definitely continues for the foreseeable. And I hope that the club actually look at that and go... Right, okay, this is something that we should do every week. Why not? Doug, has the feel-good factor entered you? Um, well, I've been entered by a lot of things, and the feel-good factor is probably one of them as well. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll stay positive before I get negative about anything. But yeah, no, it's great to see the young kids getting free tickets finally. And I know two or three parents over there with their kids, and they absolutely loved it. Like, the kids loved it. Just I think even sort of at the end... As soon as full time went, Stevie Crawford was like telling all the players to go straight down there and, you know, forget about us fans that have been there for fucking 30 years, Stevie. Don't worry about <laughs> us. 
just go straight to these wins. It'll never be back. No, it was a great touch from him and a great touch from the players. And some of the photos that you saw afterwards, it's great. I mean, that's exactly what you should be doing. Let's just keep the feel-good mood going. Let's hear from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well... It is a football show after all. Thanks as always to East Five Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson, solicitors from Glenrothes. They've been very supportive of us and the team all season long, Lee. Yes, they have. And both of our sponsors have been in touch just with um, some deals that they've got going on and also some events. So we'll start with the Community Football Club. So Tony reached out and wanted to let us know about some of the events that they've got going on. So they've got McDonald's Fun Football, which is McDonald's Free Fun Football for boys and girls aged 5 to 8 on Sundays at Bayview between 5 and 6. And that's from the 20th of March until the 24th of June. Sundays at 5pm, they've got Men's uh, Recreational Football, which starts on the 20th of March. Tony asked me if um, I wanted to go along. I said, absolutely not. Um, I'm a has-been slash never has been. Um, and I would probably have a heart attack, so probably not good for any of us if I go down there. Yep, at the same time, there's also women's recreational football, which starts on the same day at the same time. Um, they've got a family night football on Sundays, also at 5pm at Bayview, for boys and girls between 5 and 8 um, at the same time as the men's and women's one as well, so fun for all the family. And also, um, John W. Gilbertson and son, our sponsor, are taking part in Free Wills Month, um, which is running from uh, right throughout March. If you or your partner are over 55, um, you can have a simple will prepared free of charge. Call 01592 759 for more information. Join W. Gilbertson um, in Glenothis across from the Golden Acorn and more importantly, a few doors up from Spice of Life. Definitely important to, to get your will sorted out. So thanks as always, yes, to our sponsors. They've been very supportive of us here at the podcast all season long and the team and what a team it is to support just now. An amazing stretch of games that, that we are in just now. The last seven games, two wins, four draws, just one defeat, four clean sheets in those seven games, seven goals for, five against, and three of those was in the one game against Falkirk, and even that's got a little asterisk beside it because of how that played out. We took on a Dumbarton team yesterday that are now one win in their last eight, and they've lost their the last four games straight. Stevie Crawford spoke Lee after the game about it's a psychologically massive win for the team. Kyle Connell said that the guys have just basically bought into this just now and that's why they're they're playing like this and it's starting to show on the pitch. Yep. Um I thought I, I never thought we were gonna lose yesterday. Um I don't know why and to be honest like I I've probably been the one that's been trying to keep people more calm in terms of their running form and and how big the deficit was, but I'm sure at one point we were at eight, eight points off, and to, to reduce that down to three now is, is brilliant. And I was going to ask, I, I couldn't remember how far off the pace we were. I had in my head about nine, but it could have been eight. I think it was eight, if I remember yeah, right. But going into that game yesterday, I mean, I think I said it last week. 
that I felt that we would probably score very early, which we did. I think we, I said we'd score in the first 10 minutes, which we did score in five. Um, I got a nice text from Paul Forrester, one of our listeners, that said, thanks for that. I put £15 on us to score in the first 10 minutes and won 90 quid. So Mystic Lee Gillis uh, strikes for the first time. Um, but as my mate said when I told him, even a broken clock's right twice a, a twice a day. So, <laughs> but no. See, I, we were I, right, guys, in that little private group chat that we've got without Lee. We said he was going to be just going on about this. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it all day. Um, but look, we, we went into it yesterday and literally from kickoff, it was just like, not losing this. Got a nice early goal, dominated the play, apart from a few rough and tumble minutes, it's uh, times in the box. I mean, we really should have won that for maybe even 5 1. Well, you say that, but we only had two shots on target. They yeah, both went in. <laughs> That can't be right. Well, that's the BBC stats. We definitely, well, BBC the, definitely the stats wrong. were the stats were all fucked up from yesterday because uh, yeah, we 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 getting no nil at half time. Yeah, um, we were nil was, Yeah, I mean, yeah, because Kyle Connell had a shot that was saved by the keeper. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's and true. And Healy's shot was then blocked as blocked well. Blocked by the defender, but yeah. I mean, uh, fuck yeah. you, BBC. And. I know that Connell's shot hitting the bar doesn't count, but I mean, we definitely had enough chances to win that at least 3 4 now. So, um, all round good positive result. Like I say, kind of predicted it. And I think that that's where Stevie Crawford's got to get, you know, Greg McDonald and I can't remember that guy's name, but they've got to get a lot of kudos but purely for bringing that back. For, you know, it's not been there probably since we just missed out on the playoffs last year or the top five before the split. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, Doug, Stevie said after the game that he, he knew it was a bit of a slow start to to taking over. And you look at the last time we played Dunbarn, January 15th, we lost 2-0. Following week, we lost at home at Falkirk 2-0. And since then, the, the run that they've gone on, it, it is about momentum. And it's like... You, you say psychologically massive, but it is because Dumbarton now are looking right over their shoulder and they're like, we're not a team in form just now. And we've seen that ourselves in a couple of seasons of late where we kind of got to February, March time and then our form just dipped and our results dipped and then we didn't finish top four, etc., etc. It's just, it's purely momentum and we talk about it all the time, but it, especially in a team sport, I think, because you just start... You know, you, you've maybe had guys that aren't overly playing for each other or they're not 100% playing for the manager and they just start coming together as a as a kind of unit. And, you know, when one person drops out, someone else comes in, there's just a kind of want to do this. And I think when you've been written off as we were, and to be honest, we were probably guilty of that as well, a little bit of writing them off, that that will hurt them. And it's a bit of pride and they've, they've fought really, really hard. And yesterday was a perfect example. I mean, you're... You know, we're saying we were confident in the victory. I, I think when the team sheet came out, there was a few texts going about <laughs> suggesting otherwise. Um, but, you know, when you had pretty much no centre-halves and then one of them gets injured during the game, you know, to come through that and, and win very comfortably says a lot about where the team is right now. We, we talked about this, I think, in last week's show, Gordon, about the form table just now. So I've got one up here for the last six games, and we're fourth in the form table. Airdrie Cove, Queen's Park uh, above us, and we're basically level in third with Queen's Park. It's just one goal in it. Dumbarton, bottom, th- 
three points from the last six games and one win in that, five defeats, minus six goal difference. They've shipped 14 goals. They must be getting worried now because they did not seem to have anything at all yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I had a look at the form table myself and I kind of saw that, you know, if you look over past six or past eight or whatever, we are kind of sort of mid-table or upper mid-table and that's maybe snuck up on a lot of people because we haven't been winning too much, um, but we've not been losing and that's the thing. Um, and I think there's there will be certainly Dumbarton, but a few of the teams above us, you know, we have given them something to think about now. Um, you know, they're not just playing not to be ninth. That, you know, actually, if you look at our form, you know, Dumbarton, you would not be confident. I think they are thinking they're going to finish 10th. Um, like, watching them yesterday and then seeing what some of their fans are saying, um, I put something on Pine Bovril, it was like, yesterday was, you know, it was like watching us now play us from four months ago. Like, you know, a team that was organised, fighting for each other, a bit of confidence against a team that just looked sort of demoralised. Um, and we've seen it ourselves that difference and it, it has taken a while to kind of kick in because I don't think it was a case of you know a new manager coming in it's not a case of like alright you know stop playing him here play him there move things around a wee bit I think it needed a wee bit needed a wee bit more of that and you needed that kind of group kind of belief and that mentality coming in but it looks like I mean, yesterday was a perfect example of it um, yeah you've seen the team sheet and mm-hmm. you know it was a it was a bit of a disappointment. You're like, oh god, this is you know you're so confident going in, and then it's like, all right, yeah, all our centre halves are, are out basically. But the fact that they that you know Pat Slattery stepped in at centre half, um, obviously Murdoch, well, you know he's a bit more comfortable, but he got injured. Dan Higgins isn't fit. He comes on. The fact that everyone just kind of pulled together and put in that kind of performance is is excellent. I think my big worry for what is left is whether we are healthy enough to get through it because Stevie spoke after the game that there's a couple more knocks. It looks like Murdoch's, it's his hamstring again by the signs of it, which is not great because will he even be back if it if it's a, a really light hamstring? You might get him back for a couple of games, but he's definitely going to be missing some, you would think. But when you saw that lineup, Lee, We'd heard murmurs during the week that there was going to be guys out, and then you see it, and you're like, hmm. But Dumbarton were missing some key pieces as well, and I think yeah. some some killer pieces, as it's been for us over the years. Yeah, I mean, I got a, a tweet from somebody who remained nameless um, last Monday saying, McGeever hasn't pulled on a Dumbarton strip in months. Um, has, has been injured and after I was talking about what a difference maker is for them so we'll file that under shut your face Lee and then obviously for Buchanan to uh, drop out just before the game yesterday I'll be honest with you I almost feel bad for saying this but when I seen that it was Pat centre half my heart sunk a little bit and I feel and I probably just need to stop criticising the guy because he does everything you could tell it's for the love of the jersey and I actually think that I'm just going to re- like just refuse to to give him any criticism from now on because every time that he pulls on the shirt he's doing it for the love of the club he plays where he's told and you want to know what we, we can't fault him he was outstanding yesterday I mean he had a couple of shaky moments and um, you know he said it himself in his his interview that you know they were trying to put the ball on his head of course because he's he's not the tallest of the guys and he's playing out of position and I'm sure that Farrell had done his research and 
and and seen that. So um, definitely a, a makeshift defence, but more importantly, for that makeshift defence to not concede a goal deserves massive kudos. Mm-hmm. I thought young Leo Watson was brilliant yesterday. Um, and the first time I watched him, I was a bit like, mm, like not really sure. He looked confident, he looked assured, he wasn't af- afraid to, to to bomb up the wing. I mean, he, he pretty much got the assist for the first goal, apart from Danny Denham's cushion header, you know, it was his cross that, that, that set that up. Um, looked a, a player, um, you know, that I could understand why Crawford's brought in. Ultimately, I didn't see that at the time, and I've, I've called that back as well, but... I was a little bit nervous, but our injury situation, Michael, you're, you're bang on. And I mean, you guys are, are, are all a wee bit older than me, but in my time, certainly I can't ever remember an injury situation as bad as we've had this season. It's, yep. you know, you think of how many times that Higgins has dipped out, Steele's dipped out, we've had Gall- uh, Scott Gallagher's injured, you've had Ross Davidson being out with a broken metatarsal twice, you've had, you know, uh, Wallace has been out with injuries, Kel Connell had his back injury, you know, like literally Murdoch's been out what like four times now. Um, you know, it's actually mental to think the amount of injuries that we're having. And the the thing that pops out my head yesterday is is this down to the plastic pitch? You know, they're training on plastic at the Orium twice a week. They're tra- they're playing on plastic on a Saturday. Is that potentially having an impact? I mean, who knows? That's not going to change anytime soon, so it's probably not worth getting down that rabbit hole. No, but, but it is. It is. It takes a toll on your body. Like here, the Whitecaps play in an artificial pitch, but they train on grass. Yeah, because they I'm don't want to sure train during the week as well. I'm sure yeah, the it is. plastic. It is. So it, that could potentially have something to do with it as well. But look, at, at the moment, let's not look for negatives. That, that's only a positive outlook at Bayview just now, and I'm keen to keep it that way. Um, yesterday was brilliant. You know, injury issues aside and stuff, I actually think that. You know, you look at it. The other thing I wanted to talk about very quickly was the players that we've got able to come in now. Like, so, I mean, you've got Danny Swanson on the bench who looks in great condition. You know, he's definitely shifted a power of weight even in the last two weeks because I've not made it the last two, but saw him in the flesh yesterday and I was like, wow, right, okay, he's taking his his return back to the, the team very, very seriously um, and has shifted a, a good bit of weight and, and looks ready and ready to go. So, yeah, brilliant. The thing with Pat and Swanson as well, and like Crawford touched on this after the game, he was comfortable putting Pat in because of the experience that he's got. And this is the time, like we've spoken about like throwing some of the young guys in, seeing what they can do. But right now, now that we're right back in it, we need some experienced heads out there. And if Swanson can start, that could be key for for this, just to calm everyone down. Because Kyle Connell, Let's talk about his goal, first of all, Doug. Just over two minutes into the game, lovely strike, edge of the box, nestled in the bottom corner. He was lively throughout yesterday, had a a number of chances, could definitely have got more than one goal. And hopefully, we've seen him be a bit of a streaky player. Maybe this is going to kind of light a little bit of a fire under him, get some confidence going. But he's one of those guys as well, and like, Wallace as well can be like this as well that sometimes they get a little bit too carried away and their shots go all over the place so having a guy like Swanson in there just to calm things down and stuff like that could be a big boost to someone like Connell Oh definitely I mean he'll learn a lot from these guys but I thought I think it was at Crawford's interview he talked about Connell hitting a lot of shots over the bar or yeah. there was some mention of it um, and I think 
I think he probably hit it a little too much into the ground because I, I think he suggests he semi sclaffed it. But it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty decent strike. I mean, the keeper didn't have a chance. Um, just hit the target. I mean, it's, I know it sounds so basic, but it's, you know, hit the target, you've got a chance, don't you? Well, you don't take um, the shots a, as well. You're not going to get anything. That's... Yeah, no, no. Look, I don't. I would be very surprised if Kyle Connell's a guy who, at any point, lacks confidence. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think. I think he's it needs a sort to be of guy that could... needs to be reined in a little bit, though. Yeah, but I think that's okay. I, I think for a striker, he could miss three sitters one week and come back the next and score. You know, I just think he seems that kind of guy. Like he's not going to. It's not going to sort of drag him down. Um, and no, it was a great goal. Brilliant ball across from Watson. I think Denham just sort of cushioned off the wee layoff and he, he struck it early, which gave the keeper no chance. But absolutely, unbelievably perfect start, especially when you've got that sort of makeshift back four. They're just not put, you know, it takes pressure off them straight away yeah. just by sort of being ahead and knowing that worst case, if something happens and you lose a goal, you're, you know, you're not behind your you're level terms. So, no, it was a perfect start and a, a really, you know, a good finish for him. We talked about momentum, Gordon, but you also need some players in form and it has been up front that we have been struggling to get these players in form. I mean, I talked about the four clean sheets in the last seven games, but the goals as well have been a little bit hard to come by. So getting two yesterday was good. Both long-range strikes, though, which isn't always going to be coming off, but don't, don't want to knock that too much, at least they went in the back of the net. But Connell, he looked really up for it yesterday. And that, that was yeah. good to see. Uh, <clears throat> I thought that was his best performance in, in quite a while. Um, I mean, that goal aside, he was just really lively. He was like, you know, he was getting involved in everything. The number of knockdowns, it was something I, I noticed in the first half. And the number of knockdowns, like, was chest, where he's just, you know, he's knocked it down to somebody running on and then kind of turned. Um, you know, it was, it, when it was happening so much, I was, you know, kind of picked up on it. Um, but, you know, he was looking to take guys on, get a bit of space. He had a few shots. Um, there was one in the first half in particular. I just went a wee bit wide, but it was a really, you know, he cut in, cut right across the defence, and his shot just went a wee bit wide. But really, really encouraging to see, because when he's on, um, he's a really good player. I mean, we've talked about this. Um, but, oh, good to see yesterday. Very, very good performance for him. And good, well I, I thought Gordon was... I thought the fact that... He, he did for me what Dumbarton strikers had to do to East Five, because he just pulls the centre halves all over the place. Mm. So when they're not used to that position and they don't know whether to come or go or you know and get separated, where whereas they made it so comfortable for our back four, Connell was all over the shop, and it's just you just don't. They're the sort of games that centre halves come off and are just like, oh that little bastard, like he just never. It was like remember. Sort of, it was a Kenny Miller kind of thing when he used to play for Scotland. He would just run like hell and just never give anyone a second. And it's, it's um, it was exactly what was needed. Yeah. I just say something that I picked up on. Just sorry to interject, Mike, but I think that one of the big differences on the park yesterday, and certainly in the first half, and I, and I, I made the comment, and a few people around me sort of agreed. Ryan Wallace was so unbelievably vocal yesterday, and he was everywhere. I mean, he was absolutely everywhere, particularly in the first half, you know, coming in deep to collect the ball. He was um, encouraging players, shouting at players, dragging them here, there and everywhere. And I know that we talked about this briefly in the group chat, but I mean, I think that Ryan Moss, you look at him and you hear him 
And to me, he sounds like probably somebody that's a bit of a leader in the dressing room. And you wonder if because of how up for it he clearly looked yesterday, if somebody like that just brings the team up a couple of pegs. Could be, yeah. I mean, it's funny, like, you watch the highlight, you say he was everywhere. <clears throat> he's only really watching the highlights. Like, you know, for the first goal, he's the one that lays it off to Watson. And there was a bit, in the again, in the first half where I think we put a ball in the box, it comes back out, or somebody lays it off, or I think he laid cut across, and he sort of lays it off to what you expect to be the right-back position. So somebody comes and collects it, I was like, oh, it's Mercer. Like, no, it's Wallace. You know, he's just... Only really watching the highlights, you're like, oh, aye, he was everywhere. But I think he is a big character, and you know, he's, he's he'll be somebody you want to have that kind of influence, definitely experienced as well. I, I think, I mean, to play devil's advocate for me, the flip side of that is, like the first goal, that's fine. But there was times he was coming in between defender and midfield and trying. He did one where he did like a little sort of flick with outside the boot, and it went straight to an Unbarton player who then pushed. You know, we're talking twenty-five yards. You know, 30 yards for your own goal. That's not what's needed at all. And I think that's the frustration for me with Wallace. Like, it's very easy to put in a hell of an effort, which as in running about all over the shop, which he absolutely did. But you've got to be doing it in the right places. And if he's not sort of in the sort of forward area, then we're lacking. That's, that's where he should be. So when someone else picks the ball up in that position, it's him they're looking for. So I think... I think there's a there's probably a slight frustration for me is that you, you do your hard work, but you've got to do it in the right places. But equally, if we're sticking in the devil's advocate part, I was really disappointed with Wallace when he came off yesterday. Yeah. Really, really disappointed. Because the fans from both sides of the park stood up, applauded him off, and he had his head down like a wee burn, that had his, you know, Xbox controller taken away from him, didn't acknowledge the fans at all. That to me sucks. Um, it absolutely but that, sucks. But that that's where I disagree with him being a good influence on the park. I've said it a few weeks ago. Like there was times a few weeks ago where he's shouting at players, but not in a constructive way at all. Like it's like just basically saying your shit, be better. And it's like you know that sort of situation where. The team's winning. It's a must-win, massive, massive game. It's like come off the park, applaud the fans, stay on the sideline, and 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 you know encourage the guys yeah. on the park. Not only that, that's straight down the tunnel as well. But that's yeah. what I mean. So that, that's a get up you to the fans, and it's a get up you to his teammates as well. For me, in he, a big he's game. We were on the ascendancy at that point when he came off. I mean, that you could hear it in the the, the fans. You know that there's something happening. He didn't even look over. So this is this is why I wanted to bring the point in because, like, I mean, we gave him our player of the year last year. We're all fans of him, but equally, it doesn't make him exempt from criticism. That 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 just doesn't sit right with me because, as a fan base, we did not deserve that for somebody that bear in mind we welcome back with open arms when he mugged us off and just decided it's my ball and I'm going him earlier on in the season. That that but, really doesn't sit right with me. But he's that he's that type of character, though, right? Like he's not, you know. He's not someone you're going to make captain of your team. He's not a Kevin Smith. He's not a Chris Higgins. He he doesn't have that kind of character. I think he's more like a, a you know, like a hothead type guy. And like, you know, he'll, he'll be this big character and maybe when, you know, there'll be times when that's kind of constructive and there'll be times when it's destructive. But he's always going to be like that. He's never going to change. And, 
you know, the yesterday, you could tell it was just that. He's absolutely raging at, at getting subbed. And I like, it's not great. You know, you, you shake that off, you know, you look disappointed, all the rest of it. But, you know, you, you respond to the the kind of fans a wee bit. But, you know, if he's that kind of character, where if he's if he's absolutely, if he, if he wants to play that much and he's wanting to help the team and, you know, perform himself that much that he's absolutely raging, it's like, right, I fine. As long as he's no kind of, as long as that, as long as he's shaking it off after um, and it's no, like, infecting the rest of the team, fine. You can put up with that with yeah. one or two guys. Correct Did he come back out week? again? That's just what I was about to say. Yeah. I didn't see him come back out. Right. And I'm just a bit like, come on, like, we've stuck by this team, or the majority of us have stuck by what's been a pretty awful season, by all accounts. I mean, at points we've said that this is some of the worst football we've watched these five fans. I mean, like, how many of us have gone to Alwa or to Cove or to wherever to, to watch a team that's massively underperformed? We're, we're, we're turning the tide now. And although we've stuck by the players, I think we deserve better than that. Because yeah, the reason I asked if he came back out again, because like for all we know, Crawford could have said, "Look, just go get changed." But then you're in a huge Crawford match. didn't acknowledge him. Oh, he didn't. So Wallace came off at the opposite end of the park to allow Swanson to come on, and Wallace came right out and walked right round the right hand side of the pitch, so past the C end, right past all the fans, and then straight down the tunnel. Crawford didn't say a word to him. So wow, I have it like because I was going to say like if if that was that fair enough, but then you come back out, but you're in a huge match that if you care about the team, you want to see how that match ends up because your season's basically so, on the line. He was maybe so angry that he was that desperate for a jobby that he <laughs> was like, "I have to come off. I'm walking around. I can't even applaud because if I lift my arms, it might come out." Oh, all been and there. He's gone straight the tunnel, and it was an epic. I, so. I actually thought he looked hurt, like not emotionally, but like physically hurt. And I wondered if that's why he'd brought him off. But oh. I mean, sometimes Crawford subs baffle me. And if Wallace wasn't hurt, then I'm a bit like, why the hell is he taking him off? Because he was, in my opinion, he was playing well enough to stay on the park at that point. I actually think at that point, the substitution that he made was taking Healy off um, and, and bringing on Swanson but, or Ryan Blair for another matter. I, I, um, I would I would disagree with that. I'll, I'll... I, I was kind of wanting thought Swanson uh, Wallace off was a good sub at that point. I think he'd yeah. he'd had a good game, but I think as the second half got on, it was like you know he was trying all this fancy stuff like that. Just came more and more into it, and I just felt like right, I yeah, because we're two up by that point, and you need somebody then that can hold on to the ball, control m- midfield a I little bit. I um I, I ended up not being able to go to the game because I wasn't feeling great, and I got the stream, and Chris Higgins was doing the co commentary, who. Was excellent. I agree. Yeah, I thought it was really yeah, he good. Was very good. Uh, he he just said when Wallace got subbed, he's like, "Oh, he'll not be happy with that." But he was saying about Jack Healy about how defensively he was very good yesterday, and that he was getting up and helping the the fullback a lot. So you know, maybe that's why he stayed on. Is that not a very telling comment though? Oh, he's not going to be happy with that. It's like the play his teammates know. Oh yeah, if you take him off, he's going to kind of throw a bit of a hissy fit. He'll throw. Yeah, he'll, he'll go in the half. But. I think, like, you know, you know, Ryan Wallace is that type of player. He's what he's in his thirties now. He's not going yeah. to change. No. He you wants know, he, it. He wants it bad. But you yeah. also have to have that and be a team player as well. 
ideally you want him to you want him to cut a wee bit of that out, but he's he's just always going to be like that. It's not going to happen. What I he think needs to it's, do... a, it's a striker thing. It, I mean, yeah. I think people talk about but people talk about with Van Nistelrooy at Man U, like Man U could win three 0 and he'd be sitting in the dressing room raging because he's not scored. Like ra- like couldn't care less, just raging. And, and there's probably a part of that. I mean, it's so easy to say, you know, be thankful of the wee twenty minutes rest. You've helped yourself, your team be two 0 up, and you know, now it's a case of because if you're going to take a guy off to make it slightly more solid. The guy behind the striker would almost be the first to go every time, unless he's been completely game changing. Because mm-hmm. it's a it's a hole that you know doesn't necessarily need filled. But well, what I, he needs to go uh, and do now is go out. He needs to go and show that okay, I'll I'll put in a performance that means that you want to keep me on the park and like have a little firelit under him to show. Oh, this is what I can do. So we'll see what he's like next week. Cause... Yeah, but it's it's like that that point that it's Crawford's talked about constantly is that, that there's a team and they're mm-hmm. pulling together and that and, and that's great and I believe that from what I'm witnessing on the park but like I say it was just a bit petulant I think from from Wallace yesterday and I hope that because I mean I don't actually remember him coming over to the fans at Aloha either so I would kind of hope to see that a little bit more of that humility and just be like you want to what you've stuck by me um, all season you've stuck by the team all season how like it's not difficult to you know, clap your hands for three, four seconds. This is a uh, this is very reminiscent of when I slagged off Bobby Lynn on AFTN for not applauding, and he scored the next week and came straight over to exactly where I sit, looked up, and gave this fake applause, like looking right at me. Embarrassing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you deserve that, though. Friend of the show, Bobby Lynn. Yeah, little prick. What? Carry on. <laughs> hey, I'll take him back next season. I think he might have higher hopes or retire. But anyway, so we we came out both halves really strong because we got that goal in the first half. The second half, we had that chance that Connell had his shot saved and then the, the rebound just didn't fall favourably and it was put away. But then Dumbarton had that little spell of pressure before we got the second, which was their best spell of pressure of the game. At any stage, now Lee said no already, but at any stage where you worried oh, we've only got one goal by this point and now they're starting to come back into the game. Yeah. As bad as they were, they did have a few chances kind of like, you know, through maybe the the sort of 50 to 60 minute mark. You know, there were, there was a couple of sort of clearances um, due to to make a good save at some point. There was um, one where a guy kind of walked through the defence as well because everyone was obviously not wanting to put a tackle in in case the, he went flying mm. to the deck. So the, I mean, they, you know, they were always going to have their spell. If you're one 0 up, they're always going to have their spell because um, they've got nothing to lose. You know, they've they've got to go for it, and you know, they did they did have their little spell. Um, and at that point, you know, one one of those could easily have gone in, and that that could have changed the game massively. Um, could change the season. But basically, you know, um, Denham scores right after that little spell, and that's yeah. it. 61st think, minute, another yeah. low one, edge of the box. I think for me, yeah, you're always, look, it's a massive game. You're one up, you're going to be nervy. You know, in hindsight, looking back on it, it's, uh, well, that's what hindsight means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in case anyone didn't know, I thought I'd do the dictionary term for you. This is like, as I say, like countdown, dictionary corner. As Stevie Crawford likes to say, as I say, 
Um, having our makeshift defence, it was the perfect game to have a makeshift defence because Dumbarton were that toothless up front. Um, and the fact is that they, when you look back on their results recently, like apart from last week where they lost 3-0, every game they've lost been by one goal. You know, so they have scored goals. So there was that little bit of worry, certainly, because doesn't how quickly your confidence can be up when you're playing well. To lose a goal with a makeshift defence, your confidence could get drained really quickly. So it was a it was a big sort of five six minutes. And like you say, the way we came out in the second half was huge because they'd gotten a little bit in the front foot towards half time, and then second half we just came out really strong again and. Then weathered that storm and then got the goal, which was a beautiful moment. It certainly was. Now, Gordon, I know you're on Pine Bovril a lot. I haven't checked it this weekend. If I'm a Dumbarton fan, okay, the the team was bad, we lost it, but we we're still have a have a lead over East Fife. But then you see your captain sent off in stoppage time, now missing the next game for dissent of all things. That yeah. they must be fuming. Ah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a fair bit of criticism for him. I think I read somewhere that it's co- it's because he called the ref a fucking wanker. So fair enough. Idiot. I mean, idiotic. And we we've seen that as well. Like when you know when we were struggling and we were losing every week. I think you tend to see more players just kind of just lose the head a wee bit. Like it's just frustration. Like, like you know the red cards at Banks at E. They were just they were just idiotic. It's just someone letting frustration get the better of them. And you could see that's what it was. Um, you know, the ref gave a free kick on the highlights. It was a free kick. I think it was Kieran Miller. He was all over him, and then it looked like he tried to stamp on him. You know, like you were lucky not to get anything from it anyway. Um, and then he just goes mental at the ref and calls him a wanker. It's like, well, of course you're off. Um, Jud- I mean, by the way, judging by giving Danny Swanson a yellow card for being kicked in the head, I know um, he probably is a bit of a wanker. To be honest. Yeah. To be fair, I, I almost think he blew the whistle and pointed the wrong way and then was like panicked because it was like, it, that was one of the weirdest bookings I've ever seen. It was definitely a free kick to us. And then he just suddenly booked his five player. It was like, it was very, very cool. It wasn't even if it, if it was just a wee one. Like, I, I mean, I must have been 20, 30 yards away and you heard the, the kick hit him in the head. I was like, ouch. And then I turned away, I think, to talk to Isla. I looked back and he was taking, giving Danny Swanson the yellow card. I was like, sorry, what just happened? That was unbelievable. I think he's technically given it for a low head. I can only assume, you know, which is technically his dangerous play. But to, to then book him as well, it was, it was that, a bit that, bizarre. You know? That's just Danny Swanson's height, though. <laughs> <laughs> those those decisions aside, though, I actually thought the officials were pretty good yesterday. We're saying that after I would be, sitting with a win. I would be like massively concerned if I was a Dumbarton fan. Like massively. It, like if they play like that, they'll not pick up a point for the rest of the season. Like they were. All, the, I think that's the worst League One side I've ever seen at Bayview. That's a bold they were statement. Really, a, really bad. Claim. I thought they, they they were that was worse than like the four for team that got relegated last year or two or whatever it was. Way worse. But it was that just on that one performance because you've got to remember they they just did us over eight weeks ago it, in Dumbarton. It, it was definitely on that one performance. I'm I'm purely basing it on that one performance. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely be up there. I mean, just just following on from that point, and at risk of probably sounding like I'm getting carried away, 
I, I genuinely think they'll finish below us. Um, the, 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 there was nothing in that team yesterday. I mean, they, I was reading Pai and Bovril, and they've sort of tried to go for the Brentford model or something like that. I think I read one of the posts saying, or was it the Brentford model? It was something like that where they've went for big experienced guys and you know and guys like Paul Payton who was so far off the pace yesterday like clearly like it was a good player but definitely not anymore um, but th- th- you've got to remember they're missing Buchanan and McGeever who will probably on terms of scoring goals and stopping them at the back um, will save them a lot of points so hopefully that continues on for the end of the season but really rather less up front um, you know a, a bit like us potentially um, but I think the difference between us now is we've found a way to stop them going in. And mm-hmm. it'd be interesting, actually, if we have a look at our remaining fixtures, how many points we actually think that we need to get between now and the end of the season. I was going to do that. How many so let, let's do th- let's get our three two ones out of the way and then we'll, we'll look at what our running is. You've and then we'll Doug's look at line. what Dumbarton's run is. <laughs> Normally it's Doug Lane saying, let's get the three two ones in. I know, let's just get this over. <laughs> well, let's start with Doug then because he's always keen to do the 3-2-1s. Three points have gone Danny Denham, who I thought just put in a ridiculous shift uh, on yesterday. On yesterday? Yesterday. Um, and obviously got the the crucial second goal. I thought he was very good. Uh, two points I've given to young Leo Watson, who has obviously had very little game time. In fact, I kind of think his last start was, was it Dumbarton away when we got beat? I can't even remember if that was it. Anyway. Um, I just thought he was really good and it looked like he he embraced being back in the team as there was no nerves for a young kid getting thrown in a big game. There was He just didn't look nervous at all. Uh, I thought, yeah, very good. Uh, and one, uh, there was a few, but I'm, I'm going to give it to Pat. Um, I actually think if there's any position you could be thrown into that you, can, you could sort of semi-get away with it, it's centre-half. I mean, fucking Stevie Hislop played a couple of decent games at centre half before. Uh, look, but not taking anything away from him to get thrown in there. He put his head where it needed to be and you know got rid of things where it needed to happen. So yeah, definitely one point from him. Special mention a wee bit to Smith. I thought a couple of Jude, sorry, two or three crosses he came from like, a couple of corners, right? One right before half time where you're like, oh, and he came out and got it. Just we've talked about it before, but he's flapped a few, but there's nothing better than seeing a kid who has, who's still like, nah, it's fine, I'm coming to get this. And I, I thought he was very good yesterday. Every time he has the ball at his feet and he tries to do a bit of skill or whatever, and my heart actually jumps into my throat, but you're absolutely bang on about Jude yesterday. Higgins, Higgins talked about that in commentary, Lee, that he, he was like, basically he does it, he does it all the time, but he's very good at it and, there's no, and he's not nervous at all it's the modern keeper they, want to be, they all yeah. want to be sweeper keepers well he was saying that you can see you can see he was brought up at Celtic and that, that's how they want you know their goalies to be and all that sort of stuff so um, yeah he will make mistakes he'll make a mistake between now and the season there's no doubt about it but it, it's uh, it's not overreacting to that but yeah that's mine I, I like I, this is a good season for him. Like whether we survive or not, he's got this experience under his belt, and he's going to then go into next season, whatever league we're in, with that experience and be a, a much better keeper and more assured. Gordon, I wouldn't be surprised someday coming uh, with a bid for him at the end of the season. To be honest, I um, would be at this point. Well, I don't think I would. I think I'm not saying that he would maybe get a 
a, a start at a championship club, but there's maybe a few championship clubs looking going right. We'll get a bid in for him. We can maybe loan him back out again to East Fife next season with a view and being our keeper in a year's time or whatever. Um, I because there's definitely a, a top player in there. I, yeah, I believe, as long as he plays, like there's no point anyone signing him and then he just sits on the bench or sits in the reserves because there's there's just no point in in that at all. Like there, one of the teams here, Montreal's got three really good keepers, so you can only play one at a time. So one of them's been loaned out to a, a lower league team. So the Whitecaps had tried to get them as the backup, and he's like, no, I'll stay in the lower league because I'm going to be playing every week because I need to do that at my stage of my career. So, and that's the same with Jude. You need to be playing week in, week out. Otherwise, you're not going to develop. Gordon, what's your 3-2-1? Three, three as well, Danny Denham. Just really good performance all over the place. Uh, scored a great goal. Involved in the first goal as well. Um, and, and on a day when there was a lot of good performances um, and quite a few of the team you could have put in there, um, that he kind of stood out as... Three points. Two, I've got Kieran Miller. Um, just usual Kieran Miller performance, just everywhere in the middle of the park. So many tackles going in, just broke up everything that Dumbarton were trying to do in there. Just phenomenal. And one point, I've gone Kyle Connell. Um, really good goal, as we mentioned before. Good performance from him, better than we've seen for a while. Um, but yeah, there's a few players that could have been in there as well. Lee. I've earned three points, Pat Slattery. Um, I think to come in and put the performance in that he did yesterday out of position deserves three points for me. Um, I thought that he looked assured, he was calm, he put in some really, really important tackles. I think that that alone deserves three points. Um, two points for Danny Denham. I think his first half he was excellent. He kind of went off the boil a bit in the second half, but to, to get that goal when we needed it was was massive and look the, the guy runs himself into the ground every game you know there's one thing that you it's synonymous with with, with denim is effort so we can't take that away from him and one point for Kyle Connell again very very similar I mean he looked absolutely jiggered when he came off at the end of the part uh, at the of uh, when he got subbed off yesterday um, put in a really really good performance beautiful finish for his goal. Um, did so well at drawing those little silly fills. I mean, he must go home black and blue for being kicked and elbowed. And he takes a few sore ones every game, but he definitely deserves a point for that. And in terms of honourable mentions, I, I wrote um, Leo Watson, I thought was really, really good yesterday. Also Dan Higgins as well to come off and put the performance in that he did alongside, uh, you know, an unrecognised centre-back. Clearly and whilst not Pat fully through. fit yet either. Yeah. Talk, talked Pat through the game and you heard that, a couple of really important headers. Um, I think Dan, Dan Higgins is one of those players, he's a fantastic ball playing centre half. Um, I actually quite like him, I'd be happy to see him start um, if we decided to play a back three, I think he's perfect for that um, sort of model, but um, good points for him. Um, and Kieran Miller was the other one that I had um, honourable mention. Like Gordon says, he's just Mr. Reliable, isn't he? You very rarely see him have a bad game. He's not going to do anything massively groundbreaking for you. You know, he's not going to score a 30-yarder or he's not going to probably put that assist in, but he's just that sort of lower league and low canty role just there to just get in people's faces and get the ball off them. Lee, I take it um, I take it when you picture Kyle Connell driving home 
after a game that he's definitely wearing like a Burberry cap? Um, no, I think that he's probably tanning a bottle of MD2020 um, and listening to, like, I don't know, Scooter or something, I don't know. I could see the Burberry. I haven't watched his post-game interview. I think he comes straight off. Trackies, the socks are over the trackies. He's like, see you later, boys. I'm away back to the West. And he sticks the Aqua Scootum or Burberry on and off he goes. And his, do they still do, what was it, Citroen Saxo? That was the boy <laughs> racer car when I, was a, when I was a kid. Nah, he's on Kelly Wages. He's probably at least got a golf. When I did watch the watch him post game interview, I actually googled to see how old he was because I was like, he looks seventeen. I thought he was older than that. I was like, twenty. He's twenty. Hi. Just looks like a wee laddie out there. I'm definitely getting old. Talking of wee laddies, how did Finlay Pollock do? I know he didn't really get much time on, but how did he look? Tell you what, I was actually quite surprised because he's he's not the sort of player I thought he was going to be. Like I thought he was going to be one of these sort of Flair, like, oh, I'm playing the hearts, like, cut about. But I tell you what, he went into some meaty 50-50s and wasn't scared to put the boot in, which for a, a boy at 17 playing against essentially men, I was quite surprised at. But he, there was one chance he got put through, I think, like, 91, 92 minutes. And it just didn't quite come off for him. I don't know. I, th- I think he'll be an option off the bench, but I wouldn't want to disrupt our midfield too much the way we're playing just now. And you could maybe see like that chance. You could understand how it's like he's maybe just expecting to have that half second more on the ball, mm. but he's not getting it. You know, yeah. league one, you're not getting it. Aye, the pace at our level is very different. So many guys have kind of spoke about that. Will before we, we look at what other running's going to be, and actually just to to say about from Lee's three pointer, Pat Slattery, and talking to the post game interviews, I was mentioning this before we started recording. You can't watch that interview with Pat and just not see the love that he has for this club and just the joy that he has just to be still contributing to the team and being out there. And yeah, it, it's great to see. You need to bottle that and try and get more players like that, just like you need to kind of bottle that atmosphere yesterday and hope that you can get some of these guys back. Because it got, it got me thinking, like when I first started going to Bayview, 84, I was 15, 16. And there was that big group of guys all about the same age that were by the segregation fence under the shed. And a lot of them's gone and moved on and done their own things. And you see them back occasionally and stuff. But a lot of them, they're still all lifetime East Fife fans. They haven't moved on to something else. So hopefully this new group of guys that we've got is going to be the same. And in 30, 40 years, they'll still be coming to the game. Because that, that that's what we need as a club. Yeah. I totally agree. But I think at the same, I mean, even all the younger ones that were there, you know, who were on the sort of, well, I don't know what age group it was. It was all over, really, wasn't it? Um, that, that needs to happen so much more. And it's, mm-hmm. it kills me that that's the first time in years, years that I've seen that at Bayview. It, no, it's like, ridiculous. As, as a club. It's ridiculous. But, but people can... It's a total reflection on the board. It's, it, I, I messaged you guys. It fucking angered me that because why have we not been doing that more often? Yeah. It, honestly, it's ridiculous. And it's like everyone going, oh, great to see all the kids there. It's like, well, they should, be, they should be bloody annoyed that they've not been invited before then either. And I'm not suggesting you do this every week because it will dilute it completely and the kids won't get as excited. But if you had four home games a year 
so that parents are saying to their kids, oh, you know, I said, oh, well, in two months' time, we'll mark on the calendar, we're going back, get excited yeah. about it, you know. One game a quarter. But just, mm. it just, every other club seems to do these sort of things. It just it really, really annoys me. But it's not, it's not rocket science. Like, what's the average age of, you know, Uri's five season ticket holder? How many applauses have we had this season at home for fans we've lost? I made this point yesterday. Yeah. It if seems that there have been more applauses aye. than not at Bayview this year, and well, that's indicative yeah. of our ageing fan base. And, and you can't go out and get. You can't go out and get fans like you know people that have n- never been to an East Five game or barely been. You, you can't go out and get people just randomly in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. Unless you're Kelty, you have to get them yeah. when they're aye, aye. Unless you're going to do something ridiculous like that. But if you're going to get like, and they're not lifelong fans either. These guys that are turning up at Kelty, once that money goes and Kelty slide back down, they're off. What you need is, you know, talk about rounding up fucking kids and dragging them along to Bayview, but you need to get people interested when they're younger, like when they can go on a group, when they can go with us. I'm just just picturing Gordon as the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, black and gold scarf tight to his car going, I was just preempting it, I was like, oh, I'm just about to say like, oh, you know, you've got to get them when you're young, get them into Bayview, but you know (laughs) what I mean, it's like, you've got to get folk interested, like when did, when did we all start supporting these five, like I went to my first East Five game when I was about like six or seven or something like that, like, that's when, you know, it's when you're younger, you've got to get stuck people supporting the club. And then it's a long-term process, but we have to do it. I, I would be astounded if the club shop didn't do a roaring trade yesterday because, see, looking at the photos, they're all wearing these five hats. They've all got the new scarves on, you know. So you're probably thinking, right, OK, we've maybe lost some gate revenue. Or In fact, it's, it probably isn't a loss of gate revenue no. because how many of these kids would actually rent? But it's like I think I said this weeks ago in the the show. Give them a discounted season ticket, or or you know I don't even think the season tickets are that dear. But you'll probably make that back up in merch, right? And give them um, their own wee section. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like part of the problem, like you mentioned it there, Mike, that like on Old Bayview, it's like the younger ones, the kids, they could go and congregate someplace. At New Bayview, it's part of the. For me, it's part of the problem. Like if you're an East Fife supporter, you might not like New Bayview, but you'll keep going. But if you're a teenager and you you know you're maybe going along to New Bayview for the first time, is it is it gonna is it gonna be an experience that gets you? Let them have their own wee bit, um, you know, keeps them away from everyone else, keeps their yeah. noise away. And like, the, at really the end, section there. A, yeah. have that no season ticket holders there. It's just general admission. It's a designated singer, stroke supporter, stroke ultra section, whatever you want to call it, and then that's where four. But how many shit activities do people take their kids to that parents huff? They huff to go because the kid wants to do it. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm talking about forcing parents to have to go to Bayview here. Like, literally, if you get kids that enthused with, like, we need to go, you know, it's very, it's a hard thing for parents to turn down when their kids are really enthusiastic. I got, so uh, Ewan that did the theme song, he was there with his son. He said it was brilliant because he said, I could just sit further back. His son sat with all his like teammates in the you know whatever age group team it is. He said it was just great because you're just watching him having such good fun with his mates. Like he said at one point he saw him holding the scarf off to the Dumbarton fans giving him a bit of abuse or whatever. Oh, he was yes. like, ne- no, that's what he said. I've never been prouder. Yeah, like father. But like like that. <laughs> exactly. But that's what you need. You need that. Uh-huh. Like Gordon says, that little group because it made you. The easy thing at Old Bayview was that you could just leg it about the terrace in. 
So your dad would just go, on you go, son, we'll see you at full time. And you would just bugger off and run about the minging toilets or whatever um, and hope you don't get abused by some dodgy old man. And that's the, that's the trouble at New Bayview, definitely. But that, that sort of thing, I just, as I say, it shouldn't have been happening for the first time yesterday. Good on them for doing it. Definitely, look, I don't want to Yeah. But we, yeah, what but, we did yeah. try, like in the, I think, late 90s, maybe early 2000s, but I think the late 90s, we were giving schools free tickets and things for a while. But it was just the kids that were turning up without parents and they were just running amok. Because I remember being at a supporters meeting and they were talking about it and it's like, we can't do it because the, the kids were out of control. So as Doug says, you've got to get the parents along as well. So they should be working with the community club off, right, everyone that's a member of the community club, you get a discounted season ticket. That's one of the perks for being a member of the community club. Something like that. Yeah. But to be but fair, I, I think a kid's season ticket is something ridiculous and somebody could do the check in a sixty quid or something. It's not massive. No, so but to, for to some families this, that is a lot. I get that, but I don't know. Maybe for uh, that's up to the likes of the community football club. If we just say, right, there's twenty free kids season tickets, make sure they go to the kids that are underprivileged. Um, the trouble you've got the trouble you've got, sorry Lee, the trouble you've got with like sixty quid for a season ticket is if after two games the kid's like, nah, I'm not liking this, mm. then it, then it's expensive. Do you know what I mean? Where they're just like, because also let, let's be honest, those kids yesterday enjoyed it because they came away after seeing a win. Yeah. If they'd been to some of those games earlier in the season, I don't know how many of them would be like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get back I would, there. I would actually disagree with that entirely. I think they would enjoyed the experience regardless because I think that it was a big day out. It was an occasion. Blah blah blah, etc. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that the win certainly would have hampered the the experience, but. I think that them getting out, going to the first game. I mean, the, the first, the, the early games that I remember going to Bayview were in the ranch, the Rab Shannon days, and we were one of the worst teams in the UK. I still went, you know, I still kept going. And look, at 300. You've got issues series, now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, I'm still in <laughs> therapy from that series. Um, but I mean, say, for example, the 300 that went there, if we get 10% of them, that's an extra 30 people in the gate every week. It's, it's a worthwhile experiment. 100%. What we have to do is get a commercial manager and his, his two big things that, or she, it's, it's the 2020s, what they're tasked with is getting more kids in and getting more business buy-in, more hospitality take-up and advertising boards and stuff like that. That's the two things that they need to do pronto. We've got to turn that around. I checked on this recently and I'm sure it was September that um, Ken resigned. Ultimately, I think he passed away towards yeah. Christmas. But that means that for the majority of the season, we've not had anybody whose sole focus is that commercial thing. And Liam said that when he was on the show, um, however long it was, that that was one of the, their main priorities. Yeah. And it's a position I think we really need to fill. I mean, you know, lean on some of the fans um, that I'm sure would happily help the club um, do it on a, even a voluntary basis. Um, you know, if, if they asked me, I've been a salesman for 15 years, you know, any chance you could help us out um, one night a week and, and make some calls for us? Yeah, no bother. But there just doesn't seem to be, I mean, obviously, maybe don't want me because I'm a bit of a wanker, fair enough. Um, but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other fans that are out there that are their salespeople or X or Y or Z and, and use their experience. I mean, Rafe Rovers have had about four new directors and since the 
Um, the Goodwill, well, maybe I think two actually, I'm probably slightly exaggerating, but two new directors in since the Goodwill thing. So it can be done. I just want to see us go and do it. Like, Let's get, get them in now so that we've got a decent budget for next season. I, I don't want to like boost your ego too much here, Lee, but you are like the ideal kind of person for that because you've got a sales background and you're passionate about the club. Someone that's going to sell the club to somebody else is somebody that truly believes in it and is truly passionate about it. All, all good salespeople will sell something they believe in, right? Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter like if it's me, if it's whatever, you know, get somebody in that loves the club as much as we do, that loves the club as much as the board do, by the way, because that's absolutely yeah. factual, that there's no getting away from the fact that the people that are in that club have got the heart of the club at everything that they do. 100% I believe that, genuinely do. And if you don't believe that, you're just a bit of a muppet. But get somebody in that's got that same level of impetus, want, desire to help the club in all aspects of the pitch and get them involved and, and get some of those boards. So get the, um, the the lounge filled before games, whatever. Just one thing to, to mention, we kind of touched on, on fans passing away. And just to, to answer Gordon's question about what the average age of the season ticket holder would be, I would imagine late 40s, early 50s seems like that would youngest. be about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be the young I think that'd be the younger end, to be honest. But we have lost so many fans and supporters of the club and yesterday, uh minute silence and applause for, for Bob Moreland. A, a guy I think we've all known for many years and his love of the club obviously supplied some fantastic pies to, to Bayview over the years as well, but it's just sad to see another uh, another lifelong, long-term fan just pass away. It does feel like there's been so many in the last one to two years. Moving on, though, let's delve in for the last little bit of this show as to, to what the running is going to look like. Looking at yesterday's results, Airdrie spanked Falkirk 4-1. <laughs> oh, I, I sense Martin Rennie's not going to be there come the end of the season I think it was Doug that aptly uh, said lolkirk in the group chat and yes. it makes me laugh every time I, I see that I, I just love implosion from from yeah. inverted commas big teams it's just it's so so much fun the seeds from the fans when you're struggling oh, it's, it's absolutely beautiful they're calling for Rennie I mean Literally, since, since doing this show, it's, it's um, sort of buoyed my interest in Pie and Bovril. And literally, last <laughs> night, I could have just sacked off whatever film we decided to watch last night, walked down to the spa, giant bag of butter kissed, feet up, and just opened Pie and Bovril on the iPad because it was beautiful reading. Oh, I mean, just check that. It's, it's excellent we did. It's, pretty, it's, it's consistent with Falkirk. You sometimes, if you know, if you just want a wee bit of a, a laugh, a wee, you know, you go into the Falkirk thread and they're just like, you know, raging. Yeah. Constantly. But like, like, I, like I said when we played them, though, like there's a entitlement. Ray, the Wraith fans had this entitlement for years when they were down in our league, and and it annoyed me. I, I've got that little bit of sympathy with Falkirk fans because they're set up so good. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's funny, Lee. It's very funny, but there's a, not sympathy is not the right word. I can I can semi get it from their yeah. fans. Like, yeah. as in like if, if we're being realists, they are bigger than a League One team. But yeah. the past, you know, if you think about like the last couple of years they've been down there, there's there's been like a wraith or someone 
of equal size with him. And this season, you're like, right, we've got Cove, we've got a bit of money. Come on, it has to be this year. And they're not even going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Second year in a row. I know. I, no and, but, but they'll look at it as well and go, right, you know, who knows where Kelty's kind of situation is oh. going to be <laughs> next year? Yeah. Who knows who's coming Dump down? Maybe Dumfermline coming yeah. down. We, you know, this could be another two. You know, so it's that's where the panic's coming from. But I mean, it's hilarious. But I mean, oh, yeah. we we talked like Lee Griffiths would light up this league. He got another goal yesterday. Of course, they were three 0 down by that point. <laughs> but one, one goal. They need to get a lot more from him. But yeah, Rennie's probably not going to be there because I've been chatting to the 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 Falkirk. Uh, media folk or comms people I don't know what what their exact title is because I've been trying to get an interview with Kenny Miller that has still not come off because either he's busy in a day that we've arranged it or I am or whatever and there was a chance to speak to Martin Rennie and I was like let's just wait to the end of the season just see if he's still actually there I didn't I must admit quite phrase that, it like that. I'm absolutely devastated that nobody's made a joke about, you know, it must be really uh, tough for Rennie to digest, considering his oh. whole surname lends itself to, to that. But I hope that the Sun use that sort of headline when they get sacked and everything. Don't read the Sun. Oh, <laughs> and advertising. Showing the packet, representing the brand. So if we do get a chance to interview him, Gordon, come on and bring that and just hold it yeah. up the whole time. <laughs> so, Martin, is that a tough pill to swallow? <laughs> more, more importantly, while we're discussing managerial departures, I tell you what could be absolutely huge in our season is that Dumbarton don't bite the bullet. Yeah. Because they oh, want them gone. Yeah. They are absolutely wanting them gone. I don't and know that, that you can that would get rid of a manager at that this stage because who nah. do you get in this late in the season when you you need somebody that understands your team? You'd have I to have someone ready. I wonder where we would be if we'd bitten the bullet with Young Ella. I was thinking this earlier. Well, that, see, that, this is I, the thing. I, I didn't want to make... I said that a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I didn't want to kind of bring the tone down because we're trying to be upbeat in this show. But it is kind of building up to a season of what-ifs. It's like, oh, what if we'd done this earlier? Or what if we hadn't drawn that game? Or what if we hadn't conceded that late goal? Because it's the hope that's the killer. You're getting that little bit closer. And I think Gordon said it a couple of weeks ago, that we're going to just get close and then maybe not make it at the end or whatever. But let, let's get those thoughts out of the head. Because results went in favour for us yesterday. Because Cove had a man sent off and still beat Clyde 4-1. Queen's Park and Aloha drew one all, and then Montrose, who also had a, a player sent off, came away with a one 0 win at Peterhead. Actually, Montrose had two players sent off. They finished, yeah, they finished the game with nine men. I forgot about that. Two two players and the space of two minutes got sent off, but they they got that one 0 win in the end. So that that leaves the table right now, as we very much know, we're still bottom, but we're in three points off Dumbarton. And we're now within five points of Peterhead. It's I think the, great the goal difference ball. one was, was quite big for me. Yes, because um, now we're because, six six goal difference behind yeah, Dumbarton. Like about about three weeks ago, you're saying like, oh, we're seven points behind, but in your head you're going, well, we're you know as good as eight or whatever, yeah. you know, because it's so. I, I the way we're defending just now, I would be surprised if we don't sort of go past. Dumbarton in that respect before the end of the season but that that might be huge Only scoring two yesterday as well could be costly because if we'd got another one or two yesterday that goal difference is just like slashed again 
Yeah, I, I mean, going should... in our favour is we've got four games at home. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we should be aiming to get more points in the bar. That's it. We have to. We have to go and get more points in the bar. I mean, they're they're playing like shit, um, and you know we have to do it because it's one thing finishing ninth, but ugh, you know it's, they're not getting carried away, chat. But finishing ninth from a few weeks ago would have been great. You'd be like, I'll take that. But you still have to think as well. You know, ninth, you're going in a playoff. You got a three and four chance of getting relegated. So you still have to kind of keep eighth in mind. So that being said, we've we've just got to go and get more points. And then I think, um, yeah, I think I think for me that definitely Crawford said that right at the start. The first thing we've got to do is catch whoever's in ninth, and then whoever else you get from there, you know, whether it's yeah, a, a bonus, bonus or not. Yeah, yeah, that, that's all. That's all we can do. I think we'd all. Would all take ninth if you're up for this right now. I think they're doing yeah. there's any doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, Peter, Peterhead's a strange one for me because I just expect him to pick up results, especially mm. at home. I, I think they'll be hard to catch. I was looking at the league table and you're probably talking Clyde and Montrose now are the two teams who've got nothing to play for. Yeah. yeah. Really. Do you know what I mean? Um, so in many ways, the more of them you can start having means they'll be easier to beat when you play them. Mm. Um, well, Clyde, Clyde are coming up next week. next week as well, which is perfect. So there's seven games left. I'm going to look first of all at what East Five's got remaining. And we'll we'll see what we think points-wise we're going to get. So keep these in your head and add it up as we go along. So it's away to Clyde, home to Alloa. That rounds off our games in March. In April, we're at home to Airdrie, away to Queen's Park, home to Falkirk, away to Peterhead... And we wrap up the season April 30th at home at Cove. I think we need 10 points. Oh, I came up with nine there. I think nine need... fr- from all these games. Oh, oh I, I, was, I, was getting, I was getting fucking carried away. I've got yeah, me too. <laughs> points. I'll tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell you why, in many ways, I'll tell you why, in many ways, I, I kind of want to sort of lower us a wee bit in my eyes. I still worry about that we're not scoring enough goals. Yeah, I think I think it's a big problem. Um, a, a team like, for example, Alloa, like Clyde, Clyde for however not great we all think they are, have been picking up result after result yeah, after result. Mm-hmm. And I, in my head, I wouldn't be that upset if we drew next week. I know yeah. it's a game you got to try and win. I and then I, I actually in my head when we were counting up the Alloa home game, I said draw as well. Not that I want that, obviously. I just I think Alloa are the sort of team that once they got rid of Barry Ferguson, we're always going to be a bit better because on paper they're a good side. So I don't, I don't think that'll be an easy game. The, the, the main advantage is that we're at home. Um, so I, I, it's all about us, you know, the sooner we can reel in Dumbarton. If, it, if in two weeks' time we've picked up one win or, you know, four points and you've managed to get above them, the rest of those games look completely different from what they are right now. But as, as long as you're bottom, it's just it's just harder. If, so if got... I break the fixtures down, sorry, Gordon. Right. <laughs> when did we last win at Clyde? It's bound to be a while. Um, so I I, can't, I I would take a point next week. I think Alba at home, we have to win that game. Yep. I think that we need to, out of our remaining games, I'm looking for a, a, at least a draw next week, a win at Alba. I'd happily, you know, not happily, but... I can understand that I think Airdrie will beat us in one for the league and they're one of the better sides we've seen this year. Queen's Park away, I mean, they'll be a, probably a draw would, would be a good result there. 
Falkirk at home, I would take a draw. Peterhead away is a must win. And then I'm looking at that Cove game, last game of the season. Hopefully they've done and dusted the league and we've got a real chance to, to, to sort of spoil the party. But I think potentially by that point we'll be safe because I've also brought up, just for argument's sake, the remaining Dumbarton fixtures. They've got Falkirk at home and Montrose at home. Um, in their next two games. Then they've got Alawa away, Peterhead at home, Airdrie away, Cove away, and then they've got Clyde at home in the last game of the season. So their running is similar to ours, but I, I'm looking at them and I'm like, you know, Alawa away, I can't see them winning there. Peterhead at home, I, I mean, Peterhead, I think, are the better of the two sides. Airdrie, I think, will spank them. Cove, I think, will spank them. Um, and I think that um, the Dumbarton and Clyde game, I think they'll be down by that point. I mean, I've I've got it as it, it, there's three little groups of fixtures there. There's the first one, which is away to Clyde home Alloa. Now, whatever whatever you think about, you know, you can say oh Clyde are picking up points and Alloa are not bad. They're in the bottom half, so that's that's two games where you've got to go and target points. Four points minimum should be the target there. And you've got two games after that, which is home to Airdrie, away to Queen's Park. Tough games. Airdrie going for the league. Doesn't really matter whether it's home or away. Very, very tough game. Away to Queen's Park. Really, really difficult to beat. You know, both of those games, you're going like, oh, I'd take a point. Point in each of those games, fine. And then you've got the last three, which to me, on paper, you could say they look a bit, a bit difficult. But home to Falkirk. We know Falkirk are not a great team. They potentially might have nothing to play for by that game. They might be out. They might be fifth spot. Um, away to Peterhead, which is like, right, you know, that that could be a huge, huge game. And you've just got to go and, from our position, you've just got to go and win that. And then home to Cove, they could they could have won the league by that point. They could be on their holiday. So that, you know, you've got two games where you really need to target points. Two games where it's like, right, those are tough. We'll see what we get there. And then that last three, that run-in, is maybe not quite as difficult as it looks and you've just got to have a go at that and see what, see what we need from that three. But, you know, potentially there's points there. See, I was like, you always getting carried away. When I first went through the list, when I wrote these down, I had us with 16 points from these seven games because um, I thought we were going to be unstoppable at home. Going through it just now while you guys were talking, I think I've got us down to 10. <laughs> but I've got Dumbarton at best getting 7. So oh. then that would take you down to potentially goal difference. I, I don't see Dumbarton, see Dumbarton winning another game. Well, I don't see them winning away from home, but like I don't know what Peterhead's going to be like. That's the oh. thing. When Peterhead go there, I can see them getting something from that. And yeah, I could see Peterhead them... Peterhead could be fighting to not get dragged in. Yeah, where our position is. But I could also so, see yeah. them beating Clyde in the last game of the season because Clyde might be like, fuck it, we've nothing to, to play for here. I would rather yeah. have a, a closer trip to Dumbarton. Yeah, Clyde, trip to... Clyde hate us. Yeah. So there could potentially be a, an element of that as well. But ultimately, we need to catch them. We need to get on level points first. Now, when you look at their game next week um, at Falkirk, I, I honestly... I can't see them winning that. I think Falkirk will come and blow them away. Um, you know, two, three nil. If we could get, if, if we could scrape a win next week, that's massive. But it's, there's just something about them batting. You know, 
their their fullbacks. You know, Mark Doherty. We should have Jack Healy just running at him for ninety minutes next week, running at yeah. him. Um, also, something we've not mentioned the show this week is um, Darren Watson's out for the season, so it's going to be Healy on that um, that flank for us probably between now and the end of the season. But you know, get at their fullbacks. They are an aging defence, Dumbarton. You know, even Johnny Page, you know, in that team, you know, we, we, we really should be, um, sorry, Clyde, we should be running at them for 90 minutes next week. I just had a little look at, I was going to say, just had a little look at your head's running. But you're, on you go, Doug. I was just going to say while you're looking at, I think it's a big couple of weeks for Jack Healy. Um, you know, I think... It's just that last sort of moment. It's like he gets he's getting himself in quite nice positions, and it's just that last last thing's not happening for him. He needs a goal or assist yeah, or ben. something that just kind of lifts off for him because he's got there's definitely potential there. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> Don't start that again. I've looked at Peterhead's fixtures for April, and they've got two big ones to kick the month off. They're away to Clyde and they're away to Dumbarton. Now. As much as we don't want Dumbarton to be picking up things, if, if Peterhead lost both of them, they then finish the season at home to Queen's Park, at home to us, and away to Airdrie. That's a tough running for them. Peterhead will just, you know, they'll, they'll stodge a few points here or there. You know, I just, even when they're losing, you know, they don't, they don't tend to get kind of done in. Um, you know, Peterhead, they may not set the world on fire, but they'll just keep picking up a few points. Like, even Dumbarton, as pish as they were yesterday, they're not going to lose every game. You know, they'll there'll be games where they'll be in it, because that's just what the league's been like. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think they'll go up and, you know, I can't see them picking up seven or eight points, but... Um, I, I Alawa, think... Alawa and um, Peterhead next week, by the way. I, I think for me... After the next two games, I think we'd all be a bit disappointed if we're not level, yeah. at least. Yeah. For, I think that's, me, got to be, that's got to be the aim. It's, the start of April is key for like not just us, like Peter Head's fixtures and Barnes' fixtures as well, but those three games that we've got, because we've got Airdrie, which I don't see us getting stuff from, we've got Queen's Park that we could get a draw from, and then we don't know what Falkirk's going to turn up at Bayview for that one. But if we can get points from those three games, I think we'll be good. I, I genuinely do. And then it's just how good and where, where it goes. And I know it's a bit pie in the sky even to look at eighth just now, but it's within reach. And two months ago, if you'd said that to me, I'd be like, ah, you're off your head. Like after those back-to-back defeats to Dumbarton and Falkirk, I thought that was it. I think we'd have, we'd have to go on a hell of a run to catch eighth. I just, I mean, as much as I know we're on a decent run, and look, I'm not saying it can't be done. Of course it can be. I just, I'd be so surprised. It's a strange, I know, I know. That's not going to happen. Mainly because if if you'd swapped Peterhead for Clyde, I'd have more belief that we could maybe do it. Mm. I just think Peterhead, Peterhead are a decent side. Do you know what I mean? I just, I think they'll pick up, pick up what's needed. So who do you want in the playoff then? Do we want Forfar, Edinburgh City? I don't want Steny, because if Steny make it, they're hitting a good run of form. Edinburgh City. I, I don't ah. think that I don't think we really have to feed any of them, but I don't think Edinburgh City are a good side. But one of the things that I was looking at the, the table after watching a view for the terrace, 
and Elgin are so far down that league, and they smashed us at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah, but they, they, I think they were doing quite well at the start, were they not? Yeah, they, they, they don't just hit a horrible, horrible run. Yeah. But oh, to be honest, with the playoffs, things like I kind of don't care because you've got to beat, you got to beat two teams anyway. Yeah. You got I was, to be just, the best I was, team I was waiting for you to tell me to shut up and not even look at that, and then you, <laughs> you actually seriously answered the question. So that was nice. Talking of you from a terrace, though. I meant to say this in last week's show. Something that I love that they do are those little, the wee films that they do. Mm. That is some of the best. You don't like that, Lee? No. I thought the the one last week about the, the dad that takes his kid to all these non-league games and stuff, that, I, I thought like that was that, lovely. Yeah. Really soppy. Yeah, because I, like, I, didn't, I didn't grow up with having a dad around. So it's like, initially my granddad took me to see like Glenn Rothis Juniors and stuff so that's my earliest memory of football was him taking me to games and that's always stuck with me that's where my love developed for the game but if I had a kid I'd be dragging them whether they wanted to or not to the opposite of what Doug's saying you want the kid to drag the parents along I'd be dragging them to all these non-league games oh, we're, we're going to North Caledonian League to watch Loch Ness today and stuff I, I thought that was a lovely film, and I I liked the the Kelty Cowden one that they did this week as well. I thought that was a a good film. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was one of these things where they, you know, it's like all the time you're like, are you just are you just not mentioning the money. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah, gone up. And on that vein, I just saw on on BBC Sport, it's like Cove Rangers are League One leaders, Scotland's most ambitious club. And you're like, you're reading it all and being like, yeah, just what about the money though? It's the money you're spending. It's like, oh, can we not pretend this is a fairy tale and all the rest of it? It's just. Both Rangers, didn't they have an announced debt of £200,000? Ambition? Like no. Loads of cash? Potentially. It's so, so unbelievable that we've had two promotions in three years. Like, well, is it? Because you were spending huge amounts of money in a pub league. Of course you yeah. were. Yeah. I mean, also, you've got Fraser 5 and Vigors and Meganson. I mean, the only yeah. player that survived from the Highland League days is their goalkeeper, who is the weakest link in the team. So, yeah, I don't think that that's a, oh, look how amazing we've done. No, we're oh. paying Shea Logan a grand a week to play part-time. So Sickening. Yeah. Well, no- nowadays, ambition equals money. That's what it seems to be. But at the same time, you look at Cove, you look at Kelty, and then you look at their catchment area, and you're like, is that sustainable? Like, some clubs... Yeah, they could spend and then the money guy comes out, but they've built up that fan base and they've got a big pool to pick from. Kelty might, because you've got a little bit round about that. Like maybe disenchanted Cowden fans or if Cowden went bust or something, maybe they'd go and watch Kelty. But Cove, you're relying really on folk just being pissed off about Aberdeen and wanting something else to do. You've just got folk going along there who really like supporting a winning team. Mm -hmm. And sooner or later, that team's going to stop winning doesn't matter what you do you don't have the money to keep winning keep winning and when that happens they'll stop going and, and you know that that's when you find out what your real yeah kind of they might not be a Gretna because I don't think I think they no. were too dependent on Brooke yeah. Wilson's money but at the same time you could see them just languishing and being like an Elgin where they've got a small fan base and they're never going to do anything they won't have any money anymore anyway that's an aside let's get quick predictions for next week I'm going to go with 1-1 one, one. One, that one. was my thoughts. 1 1, yeah. Oh. I'm going to go for a 2 1 win to us. Yes. Feeling confident. We're going to be undefeated anyway, if our predictions are at least right in some regard. 
I think that's pretty much it for the show. But a couple of things just before we go. Got to talk about the big event coming up on Thursday, Lee. Any yes. tickets available still? Or? I think there's three left. Oh. Well, I sold a couple yesterday. So Go snap them um, up, guys. Yeah, it's going to be a brilliant night, honestly. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, I think that the, there's going to be a potential of a very bespoke um, item up for auction on the night as well. Um, there's still the opportunity of a meet and greet ticket. Um, I think it's going to be a really good night. Get yourself along. That bespoke item. I, mm-hmm. I Like when you asked Stevie if he would donate his underwear, I didn't think he would, but he is considering it. He is considering it, yeah. Um, also, soiled underwear. Soiled underwear was an absolute masterstroke, Lee. Great show. Yeah. I know. I know. It's got to be a unique Down item. with Brown. <laughs> Um, so no, it's, it's, it's going to be a good evening There'll be a lot of laughs Get yourself around, have a beer Take the Friday off or phone and sick yeah. And get questions in to Lee as well We talked about yeah, this yeah, in last please. week's show We want more questions in So send them along to glorydaysagold at gmail.com We'd prefer that If you must do it by Twitter DM But get us some emails in We want to ask the questions on the night David Tanner's going to be covering a lot of his career away from East Fife, so we want you guys to ask the East Fife questions, the burning questions that you've got. If you want to throw in any other ones as well, non-East Fife, feel free as well, but primarily East Fife, because Lee's just a, a young lad. Didn't really get a chance to, to watch Stevie play, so we, we want those of you that did watch him play, what's your memories of him? What's your memories of that time? What have you always wanted to ask him? So get those questions in. Lee, what's your... What's your home address just for people that maybe don't have email and want to give you their question face to face? Um yeah, I'm probably not gonna give that <laughs> out. I'm sure that um a few East Fife players would be sending me like flaming dog poos in the post if, if I did that. So. Do you have any any nice bushes outside your house? There's a there's gonna be a follow-up joke to that, so no. <laughs> Solely <laughs> paved. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I think that'll that'll do our show. Before we go, um, anything fun you saw this week? Any final thoughts from you, Gordon? Ryan Blair should never take a set piece ever again. That's You're not Gordon, thing. but okay. <laughs> oh, sh- uh, no, not really. I've, I've, I've blown my load to that Cove Rangers article, metaphorically. <laughs> uh, Doug? Oh, no, um, not really. Uh, just hopefully we can take a decent away support to Clyde. And... Uh, Get behind those boys, usual wash that people come up with. But you know what I mean. And Lee, apart from that light intersperse that you had there, what else you got? Please buy the remaining tickets, I'm not poor. Definitely get along on Thursday. I wish I I could go. Um, We're not sure. We're hoping possibly that we might be able to get the audio from it and stick it out as a podcast. We'll work on that. We'll, We'll see what happens. That is it for this week's show. You can find all our stuff online on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. You can follow AFTN at AFTN.ca, AFTN.co.uk. Get in touch with me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. It's nice to be optimistic as we go into this season running. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, it certainly didn't seem that way, but we're right back in it. We've got a chance. Is the great escape on in Crawley Trust? Until next time, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the crawball! Lord Provost 1-1.
Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait those broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more 